Hello, everybody, and welcome to the AreYouScreening.com podcast. Uh, I am your host, AreYouScreening.com's own Mark Eastman, and with me as always, and uh, adding adding to the soundtrack with some uh, noises from his phone, is uh, co-host extraordinaire Shane Leonard. Hello. And this week, uh, we're doing Sully, and I have to apologize right off the bat. We missed a week there. Yeah. And... um, you know, it's just uh, crazy. Anyway, and uh, let's face it, there was nothing to see. No one cares. That uh, what was the, the week that, there? There were no good. Movies there was nothing to see. to see. There's still no good movies to right. see, really, except Sully. Except Sully. Look, don't give your review away. Uh, yeah, that's I gotta, right. I got to write your review down. I know already. <laughs> that's right. I I can't give that away. Anyway, um, yeah. So we missed a week, uh, and also I have to kind of apologize because I was making the episode uh, for the show. I said that we were going to have some interview clips. Because uh, we haven't really done Do that. Uh, no, we don't. Oh. Uh, we haven't done that in a while. Yeah, we haven't done it in a while. And every once in a while, we get an email and uh, people ask us about it. Um, yeah. I think mostly like newer people, it seems like, because they go back and listen to older shows. And then they... We hit a stretch there where start... we did them a lot. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and you know, I, I have... I, I mean, I have some uh, this week. <laughs> But uh, then it turned out like the audio on them was like really oh, goofy okay. and stuff, and I and so I was like, like ah, ah, this is this that. is pointless. It, it kind of was because the audio was so. I mean, you could like hear it, but it was yeah. you know. And then we'd play it, and people'd go, what? What, what, yeah. what, what was that? So um, you know. But in summary, I like uh, Tom Hanks likes the movie. All right. So, so there you go. We don't. That should be a segment. We don't tweet. need it. Exactly. We're going right. to summarize the audio clips. You don't need <laughs> to hear. Right. We've you listened to them all for you. Tom Hanks says it's really good. Yeah. Uh, and and you should run out and see <laughs> that it. That would be there, great. There you go. That's, so, that's funny. I like that. And uh, we we almost uh, had. Now I said it when I put up the show that we might have a critic takedown, <laughs> and uh, we don't have that either because just kind of time ran out, but we yeah, will have, we will have that me. next week yeah. um, because uh, people have sent them in. If you're sort of new to the show, uh, we did start doing this critic takedown thing and then we kind of abandoned it just because we, it's a little hard. we didn't get that many uh, yeah. people sending us in reviews. And I think maybe some people, um, you know, people would send it in and then we wouldn't do it people would go, here's, here's why. And, and we wouldn't end up doing it. And there's a lot of reasons we might not do it. Right. It's hard to get it. It has to be, uh, it has to be some critics review. That's really right in the right place. And so if you, if you send us a review, like for one thing, we might like a movie, you send us a review of a critic who hated it and I'll read the review and say, well, I kind of see their point. Right. Like, (laughs) you know, so even though I didn't, you know, it can't just be the opposite of what we do, no. uh, of our opinion. It has to be something that's actually like a garbage review. It has right. to be something that there is that it's a horrible we review. We have to come close to taking umbrage. And uh, yeah. And, and that's not hard for us. We can find. No. And, and at this point, it probably has to be something that's not from the San Francisco Chronicle. <laughs> Are you getting emails from because, the Chronicle? They're telling you, oh, don't tell me you're going to start. Because, oh, because that's too easy. Yeah. Because that's, uh, that's like, I can't remember that guy's name because I haven't heard it in a while, but there used to be this it movie critic. One, yeah. 
And I, I feel like his name was like Brown, uh, like his last name might have been Brown, but he was <laughs> his first name was Brown. He was on he was an online critic, and maybe he worked for a paper, but I feel yeah. like it was just an online thing. Yeah. And uh, and and pretty famous because people were talking about him all the time. Yeah. But basically, his shtick was just that if everybody loved a movie, he would right. write a review he, where he hated it. The contrarian review and is not. Yeah, the way it to was go. just uh, that's a way to get hits online, right? right? If you right. hate something that everyone on earth loves, right? Uh, and and, and then it was like he wouldn't even come out with reviews for movies that were mediocre or something. Right. It was all, there was no there was no point, yeah. right? Right. Uh, so anyway, but uh, but I have gotten a lot of these over like let's mm-hmm. say the last year. Yeah. And a lot of the time it's the it's San Brown. Francisco Chronicle, yeah. right? And uh, who is not that guy, whoever the critic is. And I don't know if they just have one critic, but if you look at Metacritic and you hate a movie, yeah, uh, you're. I mean, this is a fun game. People should play this. I'm going to, I'm going to send you to Metacritic right now to play this game. If you really hate a movie, uh, go look it up on Metacritic and the person, and there will be a review there that is listed as a hundred and it's the San Francisco Chronicle. So I'm shill. So yeah, we've, uh, I don't even know if we've actually done them specifically that would be funny on the show but i do get that a lot and then i go look the review and i go ah san francisco chronicle again whatever i don't i don't even want to read it anymore at this point right yeah no i'm okay with that yeah uh actually no i love san francisco but (laughs) but uh anyway so it it has to be something that you know we really can call into question the reviewingness of it the the reasons they give for in liking past. something or hating something or whatever it is. So, yeah. but we, I just want to make yeah. sure that I don't forget to say we do have one for next week. Though, though we don't always do it. There was one instance where we genuinely didn't agree. Like they hated it or loved it. And we absolutely felt the opposite. But I remember one where we, we did the takedown and we're like, I don't think this person actually saw this movie. Yeah, like exactly. Like they legitimately right. wrote on the trailer because the trailer misled activities that happened later in the exactly. film. Exactly. And I remember us looking at that and being like, I'm not they, even. They didn't I'm, watch it. I am now convinced right, because, they didn't see this film. Yeah, because, because they no actually they actually mentioned something that didn't occur as, in the film. Yeah, as like a good thing about the film or something that was, that was only a, in the trailer. I can't remember if that was the Christian Bale film or the. You know what I feel like, and I I, 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 I could I could this. be totally remembering this wrong, but what? I feel like it was Jupiter Ascending. <laughs> maybe I just have this weird memory yeah, maybe, of maybe. of doing one of these on Jupiter Ascending where I've somebody loved a lot it, of but uh, I could be wrong anyway. about that. But anyway, so we do have one of those uh, coming up next week, but. Yeah, those are hard to do because, like you said, it's, it has to be the right fit. It can't just be, oh, I disagree. I really like this. You've got to really find out, did they make a mistake? Did they not see something? Are they really blind? Are they taking money? Or are they just, or are they just writing a review that feels like someone paid them right. to give it, right? Where yeah, they say they, they can't really figure out anything good to say about the movie, so they will say completely general things, yeah. or they will just say, look how pretty it is, or, right. you know, whatever. Anyway. Uh, but keep those coming in. Um, if you have, yeah. uh, suggestions and you know, it doesn't even have to be that we liked it or hated it okay, or, uh, it, it doesn't matter which way we are on the movie, right? Mm-hmm. If we loved it or hated it, but you got to keep in mind, like if we're really lukewarm on a movie <laughs> and somebody liked it more than we did, right. the odds are that 
you know, unless there's something specific in the review that we're just going to go, well, okay, they like it. Right. They liked it yeah. a little more they than we did, yeah. whatever. Yeah, so, it's got to be something big. Yeah, anyway, uh, so send those in and uh, check us out on rescreening.com and you can find like the contact page for if you want to ask us questions or send in things like that or whatever. Ask us questions about upcoming movies. Uh, ask us about uh, award season coming up. Right. And uh, award season, award season is uh, is really coming up for us anyway, and especially for me, because if you haven't heard, uh, as we sort of drift into news, we should tell you that um, the Critics Choice Awards this year is way earlier, like a month and a half earlier, and and I like it. Uh, I think I think it's a good idea because, and and I'll, I'll tell you, there is. There's certain reasoning behind everything happening. Critics Choice is now on A&E and has been, I think, for two years now. And A&E really likes having the show. Hmm. Uh, A&E was uh, partially involved, obviously, because they uh, have it in the fact that the show became all inclusive and not movies and TV as different shows, uh, which means that you get some... uh, strange things but you get the same strange things with golden globes right you get some strange things like we have uh had this thing with the uh, most exciting new series um because our the show used to be like at the beginning of the summer for the tv show right so you could have most exciting new series what's coming up in the fall well we can't do that now because now it's all together at the end of the year so they just released the most exciting new series as uh, just kind of a a statement yeah. or Here. you know whatever they don't have that it's not connected with a, a show in itself but they still want to do it and uh, i like that too and and they're mostly really good shows that got picked for the most exciting shows there's one that actually not real excited about but anyway um but i think the thing that's really cool about it being earlier is um the critics choice awards and the broadcast film critics association and everything have have long professed the fact that they are the best predictor of the Oscars. Right. Right. And there's something that gets lost in that. If you are like right before the Oscars or practically the same week as the golden globes every year, um, like the last few years, the, the golden globes have been, you know, like within, you know, eight days or, right. you know, whatever it's been like right there. So I like the fact that, we kind of uh, carve out our own space in the year right? and and have it be earlier in December. So it's December 11th this year wow. is the awards, with, which is super early. Two months. It's super early. Uh, yeah, the, the nominations have to be in uh, by like November 30th or something because wow. they're they're That's announcing fast. they're announcing the nominations like December you know second right. or third or whatever right. um, which is not a huge amount of time in between knowing the nominations of when the show is um, but I, I think in the future there might even be a little bit more of a gap so yeah. like the nominations will have to be in even earlier if they try That's to hit if they try to hit right around that same uh, December date anyway uh, they're really early they're coming up so. A lot of times we will get questions about, you know, what we think is supposed to win and we'll have like probably some prediction show maybe, or, you know, whatever, I don't know. But if, you know, just another thing to ask us about anyway. So, 
uh, go to rescreening.com and uh, get in touch with us. News. So uh, there is actually some news, although obviously right now most of the news is about TV because uh, it's lots of stuff about TV. Since we've uh, been on, I have to say, um, because I just have to make a shout out, we didn't get to do it because we didn't get the show um, last week, but Gene Wilder died. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so everybody had their... For you, was it big for, for you. me? Yeah, for me, it, it really the internet, was. The internet went. I mean, the internet went huge not only because it's another excuse to use the Willy Wonka meme with him standing with his hand kind of propped up and he's looking kind of like sure. amused. Sure. But it it was interesting to see so many people for Willy Wonka come out and really just be like, "This is really sad." Right. You know, I, but I never knew, it, like, it, it I don't was know big, how big that it, is for you. It, it was big everywhere on the internet. Everyone was talking about it. Obviously, um, it was, it was really a big deal. And the thing that is weird for me, um, it was really big for me because I feel like I'm the right age. Yeah. Me or too. you could be a little older than me too. And that I would guess. be fine. Anything older is a little, but you know, I feel like Gene Wilder had, you know, he almost had like a, uh, Eddie Murphy thing when he was doing a lot of Richard Pryor movies because yeah. I couldn't stand any of them and I loved him. Yeah. And you know, some of them were like occasionally funny, mm-hmm. but it was just like on and on and on. And it was like, you know, see no evil, hear no evil. And, and at all, everything he was in with Richard Pryor mm-hmm. was uh, built around little moments and then you made a movie out of it and right. it was not worth it at all. Right. And so there would be really funny parts, but as a movie, it was terrible, yeah. you know? Yeah. So I feel like people who are, you know, a generation younger than me, right. where their main their thing that, that him. they might've yeah. seen is stuff like that. Right. And, you know, he made a lot of other movies around the same time and a little later that, you know, weren't wonderful. They weren't terrible. Yeah. But uh, they weren't great. And he directed a couple of things that right. he was in that were like, eh, okay. But, um, you know, for me, Gene Wilder's always been, you know, like young Frankenstein. See, and, that's it for me. And <laughs> w- Willy Wonka and everything. Right. And, you know, young Frankenstein actually is just hilarious because uh, I thought one of the funniest things to come out of that movie as time went on was for some reason that I think this is funny and I have no idea why, but um, when everybody loves Raymond got really popular Mm -hmm. and you know, dad is, is Peter Boyle is the monster. And everyone's like, yeah, Peter Boyle, look at him go on this show. Right. You're like, dude, (laughs) but I I love it. And as a quick, everyone loves Raymond, everybody loves Raymond thing. They would do seasonal episodes and it's a riot when he was Frankenstein. Right, he would right, dress up because right. that's an in joke of in jokes. Right. Everyone would be like, "What is you know?" And I'm like, "I know where that comes <laughs> right. from. This is perfect." Yeah, yeah. It it really was a big deal for me though because uh, even stuff that he did that was not necessarily in movies and TV and yeah. just it, comedy in general and showing up in other things, but his earlier movies are right. you know no one else could do yeah. that. Like yeah. he was. Um, you know, it it was a little bit like Robin Williams, like when he died, you know, like no one else is Robin Williams. Right. And even if Gene Wilder maybe hasn't done his greatest stuff in quite a while, right. 
the stuff that he did do back then, yeah. you know, nobody else can do exactly, you know, the way he did things. Right. I mean, he just was, uh, he, he was, it's kind of like when you see Robin Williams and in a movie and uh, you try to imagine somebody else in that role yeah. and not even, not even like the, the roles where he's just crazy Robin Man, Williams, but even like the, you know, serious ones, even a I dead mean, poet he's, just, or, he's yeah. just got this yep. exact way of doing things that is not like, I learned how to do this in acting right. school or whatever. It's right. just him. Mm-hmm. And anyway, so yeah, Gene Wilder was uh, kind of a pretty big deal for me. So I'm going to see, you can, you can come there. Uh, it, it stinks. We don't get many, uh, Phantom Events does a lot of really interesting stuff lately, and they're getting behind releasing Young Frankenstein in the theater with a very special uh, prologue, or or maybe it's after the scenes. Uh, Mel Brooks is doing a bunch of stuff oh, in the right, film, right. <clears throat> and they're showing that all over the place, but we're not going to get it around here for some reason. But next Saturday, next weekend, I'm going to go see it. It's playing uh, in a theater about 20 minutes from here. Oh. So... If you want to go, cool. I'm go. I can't wait to see Young Frankenstein again. Well, so and I, and if, I if everybody's it, so. doing that, yeah, yeah. So and, and it was. Yeah, I'm like you when I when I started watching HBO because that's when it started getting popular when we were kids. Right. It seemed like Blazing Saddles was on all the time, and um, like he started showing like Silver Streak with, uh, with right, Richard right. Pryor, and I watched Silver Streak so much because it was on all the time. Right. And then I saw Young Frankenstein, and it changed everything. I, I got Blazing Saddles. I, I love Blazing Saddles as an adult, but I didn't as a kid. Right. But I loved Young Frankenstein as a kid and as an adult. Yeah. And now it's just, I don't care if it's on, I'll watch it. Yeah, it's funny too because he's he's one of those guys like, it, it is kind of strange where he sort of lulled as time went on. Yeah. But several of his movies, there's probably like five or six movies uh, from earlier in his career, like all these ones that we're mentioning. Right. Which uh, the the thing that I think is awesome about him is that uh, they've they're like part of the culture, and you will get like younger people mm-hmm. referencing them yeah. and saying like things about them just because they've heard other people say it and they don't even know what it's from. Yeah, but it's but it's it's just still part yeah. of the culture. There's so much of Young Frankenstein in me. As a five second digression, I was walking by the racetrack in our in our city with my dog and they're training horses. And I said, Frau Blucher, because <laughs> right. I wanted to see if it, you know, that's in me. And I don't, I mean, I can't get that out. That's right. such a part of me. Now that's the first thing I think of when I see a horse and that's messed up, <laughs> Right. but there you go. So. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Uh, so on to uh, other exciting news uh, that's come down, actually really like up to the minute news. Um, because this, we need sound effects. We need like the teletype. We do. We do. We need some sound effects. Yeah. Uh, we'll get like a effects we'll get board them. hooked up. Right. Um, really like uh, right now news um, yeah. is that we know that uh, Wolverine three is going to be Mi- Mr. Sinister. Yep. And I think that's interesting um, because, well, frankly, I'm almost over Wolverine. <laughs> and I like Wolverine. Wolverine's like my favorite character. I'm a little torn on this. Okay. Uh, right. Or he's he's maybe one of my favorite yeah. characters. Um but You're I, I really guy. but I am. I am a big Gambit yeah. guy. But um I what I think is interesting is that I I really am just sort of kind of over Wolverine. I've seen I him think... so long. No, I've seen him good. so much. 
that, you know, pretty soon it's going to be like, it's getting to be like joke, Rocky eighties movie thing, you know, it's just like on and on. But I think it's interesting that it's Mr. Sinister, especially because, um, you know, as we also learned not real recently, but Joe Manganiello is going to be Deathstroke in the Ben Affleck Batman standalone thing. And I think both of those are interesting because the comic book movies are trying like their damnedest, right, to move into this you don't need to know those people territory. Right. Right. And, and it's, and there's, there's big things that they do with that. And there's littler things that they do with that. And, and now it's just, they're really trying. It's like, they're just trying to expand the possibilities of the movies they can make in the future. Right. Because if they can throw in a bunch of people that you don't know who it is, in littler ways, sometimes in bigger ways, like right. obviously like, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy and Suicide Squad is a try at doing it anyway with some yeah. lesser known characters. If they can have villains where the vast majority of the people don't know who Mr. Sinister, Sinister is, right. and the vast majority of people probably don't know who Deathstroke is. And when you have a Batman movie and you don't have the Riddler, the, the Joker, Joker the right. Penguin, right. You know, whoever are all of the, duh, they're the villains of Batman. If you pick anyone outside of that, you know, you're doing something. Right. Right. There's there's like something is happening there. And, you know, to throw in Mr. Sinister for Wolverine 3, it's just, it's interesting to see. I don't know if that, if that will be good or bad. Mr. Sinister is actually cool. Right. But does that mean that they'll do him well in the movie or, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be. But I just think it's interesting just to see how far they seem to be really yeah. trying this. Really, you know, yeah. they are they are looking ahead to like, you know, 2025 or 2026 or something and going, I got this character yeah. that I really like this book. No one's heard of this right. person. Right. But can I get our movie franchise stock to a place where I can, you know, slap Marvel or DC on it or whatever? Right. And they will go, no idea who that is, but I'm going. And, and, you know, to a certain extent, they already could. Right. Anyway. Right. But they want to, you know, really capitalize on it. So anyway, I think it's interesting. Uh, uh, Scooby-Doo animated movie. Yeah. Is coming. Uh, A big time, like a big time animated Scooby-Doo movie. They're really going behind it this time. And uh, so recently they announced that directing that is Dax Shepard. Right. Which is odd. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he's he's got some Scooby-Doo in him. Yeah. I think he's Scooby-Doo-ish. Right. In, right. in real sure. life. So, sure. you know, maybe that works. But kind of a surprising yeah. move, I guess, too, because this supposedly, anyway, from what I've heard, is, the, you know, that they are, they are into this. Right. Uh, they are into making this like a big... Absolutely. Like, seriously. Like, they want right. a lot of money uh-huh. off, off the back of this, yeah. and they're putting a lot into it. So, anyway, interesting choice. Um, then it, we've got... <laughs> I don't know. I, I hate to call this news, even, because it makes me want to gouge my eyes out. But Jeff Nichols, uh, who's directing a movie called Loving this year, which yeah. is supposed to be... You know, there's talk that this, this is a movie that will be, like, an, an awards contender... For right, at least for at least a few things. Well, he is now attached to make the movie 
update, reboot, whatever the hell it is, Alien Nation. I didn't hear this. Yeah. Oh, wow. The, the really old uh, TV show that there's no way anyone would know unless they were there. Which is based on a really old movie that's really right, great. Right, right, right. You know, people think of the TV show because it ran long. And it, had, it actually did get popular for a while. Not super popular, but pseudo-popular. But, but a little bit, yeah. But man, that movie, I still tell people, watch James Caan, watch Mandy Patinkin, watch the those movie, guys. The those movie, guys are great. The movie is, is actually really good. really good. 80s good. Like, fun. Yeah, it's like they yeah. live good. Right. Or, you know. Oh, that's big. <laughs> well, You're invoking Roddy Piper, man. They well, live is great. It's it's good in a certain but sense, it is. It, right? It it's like, a, like you that. have yeah. to you have to be open to like a little bit of like campiness or right. you know like we're not being insanely serious right. about stuff. No, no. It's just like fun, right? Yeah. And uh, and it it is. It's a good yeah. movie. It's a weird movie too because nobody, if you don't already think it's good, right? And you t- and you tell someone it's good, then yeah. they raise their eyebrow at you and go, "What? Uh, yeah. That's good, right?" right. Anyway, so that that's coming back. We'll see what happens with that. Oh, um, no kidding. Wait, that's going to be a film or a series? They're going to do movie, Alien Nation. Movie. It's going to be a film. It's going to be a movie. Yeah. Huh. Uh, and then we've got uh, so Francis Lawrence okay. uh, is in the news from you know director of Hunger Games. He is uh, his next thing is he's making a movie. He's like attached, or not a movie, a TV series. Uh, FX is making a series that is a AI horror slash drama series called basilisk i didn't hear this either and francis lawrence will be uh i don't know directing involved show running whatever he's doing i'm not exactly sure what he's doing but considering the fact that for me fx has a lot of the best shows there are right and has had for a few years they have yeah they have really cool fun shows and then also it just you know goes to show the uh the blurring of the lines between tv and movies now, anymore yeah. i mean it really it, it it really used to be so solidly that you know you were a movie actor or you were a tv actor right. or you you made movies or you made tv right. shows or right. whatever and now it's just uh, you know all bets are off right. there you might see anyone anywhere in, right. on tv or and uh it's it's funny because sometimes people are going back and forth and back and forth Sometimes people are just like switching, you know, yeah. like like good example for me anyway is uh, uh, Mini Driver has another sitcom starting this really? this fall called Speechless. And it's actually a pretty good show. Huh. Uh, she's the overprotective mom of uh, one of her kids is like in a wheelchair and, hmm. and uh, you know, he's he's got like the Stephen Hawking yep. talking saying he points his head at the words or whatever right. and i don't know i've seen the pilot but i don't know that they actually ever said what exactly his problem what is, is yeah. they just go here he is right right and this right. and this is what it is and it's like her trying to make sure that the school hmm. you know does everything it's supposed to do right. and it's you know and it's and it's a funny show and she kind of fits well into it but it's like her third or fourth series i mean she was on about a boy that actually managed to last a couple years but she was on another one right before that Mm -hmm. and so it's like she's like switched right like sometimes they they just keep going back and forth she used to be all movies now she's anyway uh and um let's see another another couple things uh we've got these are actually kind of old at this point but black lightning is uh picked up as a show from uh greg 
Berlanti, who has done Flash and Arrow on the CW, and now we'll get yet another one with Black Lightning. So hooray for that, because everybody apparently loves Flash and Arrow. And uh, and finally, the Crow remake is uh, supposedly again on coming, and it's uh, Jason Momoa. Yep. Who was uh, on Game of Thrones? I can't remember who he was, but yeah. he was—he's the big guy. He's long dead yeah, in the show now, but he—he's the—he's the—the big guy who you know like took Khaleesi and was—he's right. the barbarian, yeah. you know, leader guy right. who's. He's Aquaman. Well, right, he's Aquaman. I, I, you know, I can't remember. I gotta say though, he's this is—you know—this could just be me, and because uh, I, you know, back in the day of the actual crow which i which i still think is really an awesome movie yeah i love that movie and you know he's just not the crow i i I, he Uh, just he just doesn't fit for me as the crow that that's just not how the crow goes the crow is not like arnold schwarzenegger body right uh you know bashing through everything and maybe he's the super crow i don't know i don't know it it feels wrong to me i'm just i'm uh, just gonna say that hi this is maury moreland morrison here to tell you geico has more than just great savings much more yes while geico could help you rack up more moolah faster than you can say metamorphosis they've also been the fastest growing auto insurer for more than 10 years that's more like it. Furthermore, Geico has fast and friendly claim service. That might seem like an oxymoron, but it's not. All the more reason to say no other auto insurer has more more than Geico. Geico, expect great savings and a whole lot more. And and obviously the quick blurb is uh, Alexis Arquette died uh, yesterday. Yeah, that was, I yesterday think that was yesterday. Friday. You know, that happened real quick. And that was that was one of those things where again showing up in a news feed or just like seeing it on the news page and I you almost it and I think went, it's fake that's fake yeah and, and i don't know why they're picking on alexis just to do it but then it turns out that alexis is actually gone so right there you go so that's that okay so uh we'll we'll take like a uh tiny little pause here so that you can uh hear some news okay there yeah. you go all right, all right sully uh I, I so I got we, you pegged for this, but I don't know. This one's weird. <laughs> yeah, we've got to jump in with this Sully. So it's Clint Eastwood, and uh, Tom Hanks plays Sully, the pilot who uh, landed a plane in the river in New York, and everyone lived, and he was the he was the hero. <laughs> yeah. But then apparently uh, we called that into question at one point, and uh, and there you go, you know that movie, uh, and and really this movie. In case you don't get this uh, from the trailer as much as you might think, uh, since we, you know, sometimes we'll say tell you about whether or not you get right. the movie the trailer right. shows. Does the trailer really show you. It, it's not really a plus or minus of whether or not the movie is the movie in the trailer. But just in case you don't exactly get this from the trailer, uh, there is virtually no one else in this movie. Right. Uh, I mean, there are other people around. It's Aaron Eckhart second, but it's really. Yeah, but even even him, there, it's it's kind of, it was one of the things I thought was really kind of odd because he talks to his wife, so his wife is mm-hmm. in the movie. Uh, you see his kids in the movie. There's the guy who's uh, harassing him right. with his investigation into the crash, and he's actually there. 
But really, for the most part, they might as well be like the palm trees in Castaway, right? right. I mean, they're there, yeah, right. and he talks to them, uh-huh. but they, I mean, they don't, they right. don't really. They're just right. volleyballs with faces painted on them. Right. They're right. they're so minimal in their actual appearance. Right. You know, it's like n- nobody else in this movie could uh, almost qualify for supporting actor or actress much less actor or actress like it's really just him yeah and even when you would think he'd be having a conversation with somebody or talking about you know what's going on really all he does is just kind of like stare out the window Mm -hmm. and uh have a sad look on his face (laughs) and and that's it i mean it's just him so you might want to know that going in i mean this (laughs) is just it's like his story and it's just him right so that was weird. Uh, so anyway, we know the story. So my rating is um, my rating on this one was a little tricky, as I always say, too, because uh, my my really initial gut reaction was for this to be like a two, two and a half, <sighs> because I, I just don't get it. Yeah. And then after I thought about it for a little while, there were a lot of things that I had to kind of give this movie credit for, even if. But even if I don't really care, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, like this movie just is not my thing. Right. And we were talking about this when we walked out. It's sort of like a war movie, like war movies are not my thing. And, you know, some people like Westerns are not their thing or, you know, musicals are not their thing, whatever. Right. And this movie was just it, it's it's such an odd, like pseudo documentary niche of yeah. films where it's it's kind of a documentary except it's almost like they started making a documentary and then Clint Eastwood <laughs> found out that they were making this documentary and said hey man or <laughs> right. you know like yeah. like with uh man on wire oh uh, yeah right thing yeah. thing last year where it's like Joseph the documentary Gordon. came out yeah, right and then somebody found out that yeah. documentary was coming out and said let's just make let's, it into a thing right with Joseph Gordon-Levitt yeah. and people will show up and it's and it, and somehow it's still the same movie as the documentary practically right except that we throw in some people for him to talk to and you know whatever i mean it's so <laughs> right. weird like this is such a weird category for me um but anyway i i kind of finally decided that i at least had to give this credit for uh being well directed um for doing a a lot of confusing and weird visuals and uh doing them well and, and and kind of a lot of like the you know back backstage stuff that no one cares about that were actually pretty impressively done in this yeah. movie. Um, even though I just thought uh, it just doesn't even have a story. I mean, it obviously has a story because you read it in the newspaper. <laughs> right. Like technically, there's a story, no yep. matter what. There's a yep. guy. He did like, something. Like every movie has right. a story somehow because right. something happened, and that's the story. So technically it does, but uh, in the end, I ended up uh, giving it a little bit of a break on a lot of the other things. And I gave it a four. Yeah. That's what I had you down for. Yeah. So, um, but it's still, it's really like uh, the four that I recommend least (laughs) for for anyone to see, right? (laughs) If you take four four, as a gradient, I'm really leaning against it. It's a a four, but you don't want it. Like, yeah. (laughs) that so that, that's my, funny that's, that's my awesome opinion. um i'm gonna steal your line for a second because you know it's often 
this is a tricky one because that's how you are. Because there, there are so hey, this is how I am. There are so many things on paper about this that I like. Tom Hanks, Aaron Eckhart, Ray Eastwood, Sully, that whole story, which is kind of miraculous. It seems so, it seems so average now. Like I know I lost control of my car and I went in the ditch. Like I didn't hit anybody. We all survived. Uh, right. I didn't even kill a tree. Like, and, and, you, and you know, and the worst thing so about like, it, the worst thing about that yeah. in the movie for me is that when they do it, when they show it happen in the yeah. movie, it just, that's what it looks like. It, seems it so looks right. like whatever. I mean, there, so there we had moments, to we had to climb out and get in the water, there, and well, then we and, got and rescued. I'll, and big deal. Before I before I go too far into it, I'll just speed it up. I gave it a six. I gave it a little better than average, oh. and most of that stems from the three things I just mentioned. Like, there's one thing that I didn't mention yet that I will, and I told you right after we saw it. Uh, despite it having a lot of drawbacks, like I feel like this is a six that should have been an eight and a half. This right. should this should have been so easy to do. And it's a little staggering to see the missteps that happened with it. Um, but it, it's just kind of beautiful to look at. Like the aesthetic of the film itself. It is, it is a really fun it movie does to some, watch. It does some weird if things. If you don't even pay attention right. to the story, If you're just basically. looking at it. If you yeah. zone out and you're thinking about whether or not you left the iron on or what you're doing tomorrow or you know the fight you got into or the fight you're going to get into. When and you get this home. movie will give you plenty of opportunity to do that. <laughs> then you, you can still look at the film and just be like, Things are happening because it looks great. Every single time the plane is on the screen, it's a beautiful – I mean, it's sad too. It's because cool. Yeah. It, it's interesting because all the things that happened for me when I was watching it that were kind of like, oh, that's a miss. Like it felt like two beats later they did something that was good. Like there's the easy line where they talk about how uh, New York needed the good story, especially one that involved a plane. Right, like right. that hits perfect. Like as soon as they deliver that. Later, um, there's some inst- – well, there's a couple instances where people are talking about the absolute, just like the bare unlikelihood of anyone walking away from a water landing. Right. Like it just doesn't happen. Right. The moments where those all hit work for me, except one, when they pull the air traffic controller in a room and he's like real distraught because he just lost like 156 people. Right. And they come in and they're like, he landed. He landed on the water. Can you believe it? And he's like, no one's ever done that. You know, that felt fake right, forced right. and just like real like served up to me and in a way that's the metaphor of the film the stuff that works really great for me is almost always with tom hanks he he doesn't have a bad thing in the whole film even when he's asked to do no something he's silly he's actually really good strong. and in a weird way it's very disappointing to me that he's really good in this because it's right. such a waste it is a for him to be waste. really good in this the film the film is one of the shortest i think if not the shortest Eastwood's ever done. It's 96, 96 minutes, and I think about six of it is credits. Right. And some of it, right. when we watched it, you know, a lot of people got up. If you stay to see the first few minutes of the credits, I think it's like three minutes, there's actual, like, real-life footage of people who are really on the plane. Um, and there's, like, a denouement. There's, like, a little conclusion of that stuff there. But the, the mistake of the, the movie for me is that it front-loads the first half of the film. And even if it's a 90-minute movie, that's still... You know, it's 45 minutes. It really puts a lot of stuff on the front of it in, in this way of like uh, conspiracy investigation, like these weird made up kind of shadowy right. things like between him and his wife and him and his past. And and those are all mistakes. Yeah. Every single one of them when they're done, that first phone conversation that we see with him and Laura Linney, who plays his wife, is 
is bad. Oh, it's not not really chronologically because there's a chronological one. You right, get because later, later it, it, it's yeah. really out of place. And the that, first one and is that one's really okay. good. Like that that right. works really well for the scene because he's just come off the boat and he's really talking more. But the first right. one we see, I'm watching, I'm like, ugh. Yeah, it's that's so it's, creepy. It's really weird, and it's really weird because it's not only it, like it keeps upping the game on how weird right. it is. Right. Like her reaction's weird. Then his reaction to her reaction's weird. Right. Then her reaction to that is if, weird. It's almost as if Sully's wife has just awoken from a coma and she's 10 years out of the world and she doesn't really know what's happening and he doesn't want to shock her. Right. Like that's how it, I mean, that's so weird to say, but that's how it felt like he was really on eggshells around her. It's, every phone conversation. Yeah, it, it's really odd. And the whole thing of that, I think, is all part of what I hate about this movie. And that is that there's no story. There's just really no story. There's the only story that exists in the movie is just the documentary. It's just, you might as well just translate it into a documentary. Everything else is like fake story and like bits of story that don't actually appear. You get these little hints that maybe there's something wrong at home, right? right? That his right. wife, uh, he and his wife are not getting along that well, or there are some kind of problems at home. And when the investigator asks him about it and, you know, he doesn't say no, he just says right. nothing that would affect the way I flew or right. nothing, right. you know, over and above what everyone has or, you know, something like that, which is a weird answer. Yeah. If you're not having yeah. any problems at home, that's not what you would say. Right. 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 And so we, you suspect that that's going to mean something and it's not, it's right. not going to mean anything. It's not going to have anything to do with anything that happens in the movie. Yeah. When, it, when he talks to her on the phone, you get this strange awkwardness between them, right. but that still doesn't mean anything and that doesn't do anything. It yeah. never comes back. There's so much of this movie where it's like, we're just trying to pretend, you know, it, it does a lot of things where it goes, well, we have no story. So we have to do this. And, uh, you know, I'll warn you, I guess right now that we're going to get spoilery. Yeah. Because really one of the things that just, You've you know, just it. killed me yeah. in the movie is pretty spoilery because it happens way at the end. And it's not like I was, you know, in love with the movie up to this point because right. it still had no story the whole time. Right. But you've got the you've got the guy who is in charge of the investigation of whether or not he screwed up or right. should have done something different. And the whole key to the thing is that it's a water landing really close to two different airports. Right. So that seems weird too, right. right? If you land on a lake yeah. in the middle of nowhere because you have engine problems and you're like surrounded by forests so yeah. you can't you know, land on the planes or something, Right. then no one's going to go, dude, what'd you land there for? Right. But if you land in the Hudson, basically point across the street, (laughs) they're like, what about right there? Right. You land in the Hudson where uh, your co-pilot's going, should we try that airport? And you look and you can see the airport out the window. Right. Then, you know, your investigators might ask some questions about why you didn't do that. And, and so he's, you know, putting the screws to him and they're going to do these uh, sim- computer simulations and everything. And then, yeah. and then ultimately they finally do uh, like human simulations where they have human pilots in the simulators and then this happens and blah, 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 blah. And early on the, you know, the guy's like, 
we did like 17 computer simulations and they all landed at either airport safely. You could have picked either one and you'd have made it and landed safely. And he's like, no, I couldn't have, or, you know, whatever. And, and the thing about it is that investigation is going to happen and obviously did happen because this happened. There's going to be an investigation. Right. But then they're right in the movie going, well, but there's no story. So how about if we really make him an asshole? Then there's a story, right? right? Like then somehow that magically makes there be a story. And it's obnoxious all through the movie. Um, Just like it's kind of the equivalent of when there's a movie where there's any lawyers, right? Right. And whoever the hero, whether if he's a prosecutor then the defense attorney is not just a defense attorney. He's an asshole defense attorney and, you know, vice versa. If you're on the defense, then the prosecutor is not just a prosecutor. He's like the devil who, who knows your guy is innocent, can prove eight different ways. Your guy is innocent and is going to prosecute him and put him in jail for the rest of his life anyway. Right. Right. I mean, it's just, it's just nonsensical. I know I don't have a story. This is a thing I can do. That will get people to go, ooh, that guy. And now yeah. I'm watching and there's a story. And and for me, the movie like really tanks at the end. Um, so that was really why yeah. I was like so far down at two, right? Yeah. Uh initially, because at the end of the movie, when they go to like the Grand Inquisition or right. whatever the hell right. thing the last, it is. The last hearing, yeah. Where it's uh, you know, there's like hundred and fifty people in the yeah. room and we're all whoever the hell they are, right? Uh, we don't know, but it's some it's open to the public, I guess, for this Inquisition, yeah. which it basically is. And then they go, Well, okay, we're gonna show you we did the we did the human uh uh, simulations with different pilots and, you know, try to whatever. So here, let's watch the human, human simulation happen. Right. And they do the human simulation and they land it perfectly. And the guy goes, ah, ha, 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 right. <laughs> he doesn't really do that. But so, yeah. I see know. in the movie you saw, he okay. Did, but... He doesn't except what he does do is yeah. he goes, above and beyond just showing that happen and right. goes, well, there they are. I don't even know why you made us bother with right. that. Right. Because, you know, obviously look, it makes you look even worse. Right. And then finally Sully goes, um, how many times did they practice that? And you know, those pilots, the instant the birds hit the engines, they start turning right. because they know what's going to happen. They know their engines are going to fail. <laughs> right. And, and I know that you had them do that more than once, even then, even knowing what was going to happen, you had them do, oh, yeah, well, they practiced it 17 times. Right. Um, and there's no delay at all for you having to be able to figure out what you're going to do. <laughs> right. Oh, so let's give them a 30 second delay and have them do it again. Oh, and they both crash. And, and then at the end, everyone just goes. Oh, well, I, that's OK. But, you know, at the end, it's kind of funny because they like they're, they're a little bit more like wizard. Yeah. And, and then, and then the prosecutor guy's like, Oh, well, <laughs> hooray for you and yeah. everything's fine. It's like, um, is no one going to mention the fact that you absolutely were just trying to screw me like five seconds right, ago. Right, I mean, right. you knew that these did not show what you're yeah. claiming they show, but it's, it, but like I said, it's, it's like, he's the prosecutor yeah. and he's evil 
Yeah. And he's completely trying to get away with <laughs> I wish something. He had done what you said. He though. knows. He turned on with. Whoa. He know he like, knows he knows for sure. Based on what he actually knows about these simulations, that there is nothing wrong with what Sully did, and despite knowing that, yeah. he's yeah. still going to show up and go. Don't even know why you made us do these right. because look, right. it still shows that you did something wrong. And so p- clearly, he's just evil. Yeah. But then a couple minutes later, everyone goes, "Oh, yay! Sully has right. been, you know, exonerated I, and hooray!" And it's just. I liked it a little more than Awful. you did. I liked it a little more than you did, especially the end. There are parts of the end. For me, there are parts of like the whole film, which are, like I said, they're good, and they're peppered with like really weird things. There's, there's a lot of manufactured drama. Because again, you know, like you said, you land a plane, there's no plane crash. Usually we see these things and there's people get hurt or that's where the accountability comes in. And, right. Or you really like you lose half the manifest or half the passengers. Um, and you've got someone who needs to be accountable for it, but with, with no loss of life and no real damage to anything. I mean, the plane is expensive and right. they remind you of that. Like, you know, they're like, look, they, they want to know why you just dropped this plane in the water <laughs> right. when you could have put it on the tarmac. Um, there, there's an awful lot of stuff there. And in the absence of death and destruction and all these things, the movie has to deliver tension through something. And that is through the investigation. So to amp that up, well, and I think that's a bad choice. And, I think it, and it's would... through it's through everything too, because it's it's every little thing that they stick in there almost randomly, like right. the stuff with his wife. Exactly. We have to He's we have full... to really jump yeah. on the uh, on the investigation sure. and make it a it's, lot it's more. It's the equivalent than... of a horror film having cats jump on pianos. Yeah. You know, it's just like these are these are unnecessary and they're distracting. And maybe because I know that the film is based on the book that Sullenberger wrote. Like, I know that it's in part, I don't know how much of it is actually taken from it and how much right. Eastwood was like, we're going to pretend it didn't do that. Right. Cause this is something that you and I say often, if that's really what happened, you got to change it. And if it isn't, you got to make it better. You got to make it more dramatic because if this is legitimately how it happened, it needs something. You need right. to dial it back or there's, you need to spice it up. There is a lot of that in this movie all the time where <laughs> almost everything that happens you know, the only parts that are really good in this in the movie, and there are parts that are good, but the only parts that are good are either it's only Tom Hanks and his co-pilot. Right. Uh, it, it's either just them or it's just Tom Hanks right. all by himself right. and whatever he's doing. And there are parts of that that are really good. There are parts of that that are a little you know, overboard. He goes yeah. for a run. He sees a fighter jet. He thinks about the See, time that it crashed. That. Right. That is not a bad part. Right. But yeah. the way they do that, I was like, ah, that's come what, on. That's you know? what I disagree but, yeah. but the part in itself, that's a good thing for him to be remembering. Um, you know, yeah. the, the weird thing is, is that you would think in this movie, or at least I would think, you would think, that we would get that part because he would be talking to somebody about something. Right. But like all of these memories and, and little flashes he has and everything, they're all just because he went for a run and he's by himself. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's like we'd have had to pay somebody more to be here for another day if we had to put him in a conversation. But there's so much of this movie that is exactly like that. If that's the way it really happened, pretend it happened some other way. Right. And if that's not the way it really happened, then what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Why are you making that there's, a big thing? There's definitely a part of that stuff that I think is interesting. Like, you know, at, at some point, it's 
portrayed, though not wholly in the film. The film does a really good thing about humanizing Sullenberger. And and Tom Hanks is the guy to to get you there because sure. you everybody loves Tom Hanks you know right. most everybody does the guy that is the lead investigator Michael Malley um, I don't know that he I mean I like him as an actor but I think you put him in and he's one mustache away from, right or, like he's got right. that face that says I'm gonna nail you like he's everything you said right and he even acts that way a little bit but he pulls back but I just think when I see that guy's face that's the guy that's gonna nail me and take my dog and then kick my grandma right, right. like that's the guy. And I think that's a I think that's a mistake, even though I like um, I like him as an actor. But the whole thing that's really interesting is, you know, the slow kind of reveal in all the right ways that feel a bit cliche and would be really overly cliched if it wasn't Tom Hanks is, you know, Sully's this mature, decisive, intelligent, thoughtful, like real honorable guy. And you see it from the way he interacts with everybody around him. He's the guy that that, you know, you you say, well, look at how he treats the waiter. That's who that person really mm-hmm. is. Sully's like, let me feed you for a while. Like right. he's that kind of a good guy to the crash when he's making sure everybody's out of the plane. You know, these are, these are things that are really interesting about him, but there's something also there that Eastwood did kind of lazily. Cause I feel like when you get to that last investigation, which what the audience is feeling a bit is they're worried for Tom Hanks, not for Sully, you know, because though he's done all the heavy lifting of the film, there are these weird moments to try to humanize him with the jog, like you mentioned, and it's not the only jog he takes, but these strange conversations when we don't see him strong and and divisive, uh, decisive rather, and, and confident and honorable, we see him uh, questioning his own sanity, having these phantom conversations about problems that are never shown. Right. You know, there are these weird things to try to make him human and for me, when I'm seeing that stuff in, in, in the hands of Clint Eastwood, who knows a story and how to tell it, maybe the rushed pace made him do cliched stuff. It felt kind of comical. Not ha-ha, like that's funny, but that's kind of weird. But like, what is this? Why, Why am I watching this? Because yeah. you can show me these things. He doesn't have to be a, a bad guy or a guy with faults. You know, all you have to do is make him understand that maybe he panicked. Maybe he's been in the chair too long. Maybe, and, and those are enough things to cause him right. to do it. I don't need the shadowy figure in the stairwell right. telling him to call his wife, which didn't happen. But this is like, all these things are very distracting to the narrative. And when they, when they screw up that narrative to build tension, it both worked and then it fell. Like it works for just a split second, if at all, and then it's gone. And I'm like, that, that was a mistake. You screwed right. that up. It just, it feels like uh, we're kind of running close to time yeah. here uh, anyway, but it just sort of feels uh, like I said, there, there's no story, right? We know there's no story. And so we have to do something to try and pretend there's a story. And it's for whatever reason, Eastwood uh, was just all he, about yeah. making this movie. Right. And it, it's, it's, it, it's kind of like a, a weird, it reminds me of like a weird, uh, like Hollywood director from like the fifties or something yeah. who is like uh, finds a person who's popular and then goes, well, no, this is what happened to you. And uh, you know, like jazz it up a little and right. you know, right. this is the story we're telling or, you know, some weird thing, like all this stuff that happens, uh, like you said, you, you don't need it first of all, but it, it's, it's like we were going to make this movie about this guy no matter what. And right. we had already spent all the money, right? <laughs> yeah. 
And then we read the story and went, ooh, that's, that's really boring, right? I mean, sometimes, sometimes the guy who lands the plane in the river and is great pilot and the whole thing, yeah. but then his, but he, his story's boring. Right. You know, not everybody's story is interesting just, just because their house caught on fire right. and they right. saved their grandma or right. whatever super thing happened. Yeah. You know, that doesn't mean that your the story of your life is interesting. Right. Just means you're a good pilot and you right. landed a plane. Yeah. And and it's like we were already committed and then found out, God, this is kind of a boring story. How about if he's not getting along with his wife too well? Right. Or uh, you know, how about if uh you, you know that investigator really kind of put the screws Has to him or yeah. you know, whatever like if there had been something like earlier where, you know, Sully had had a problem and he was the co-pilot and this guy, Michael Malley, thought he really got him, but he got off on a technicality or something. Then then the nefarious kind of like attitude he has. But and I guess, I, I you know, we are getting close. I don't have to say too much more. I, I liked it a little bit more than you, but I also think that it's mostly because of Tom Hanks. You know, that that end scene isn't as good as any legal drama where, you know, they figure out a loophole or they see the evidence is faulty in some way and they come back and they can prove their innocence. But I, I kind of like the end. I yeah. kind of like the way Tom Hanks is like, look, here's the problem with your with your uh, insinuations and your your videos here. They don't do this, 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 that. And these try them and right. show me now. Tell right. me, tell me how I'm bad. Yeah. I mean, and you know, I kind of, at some point at the end, there was some investigation end where right. I figured this out. Right. I just think it's so, it's so goofy. It came across to me as so goofy that he's just, you know, so Uber prosecutor guy Right. where, you know, if you were watching a, if you were watching, like I said, a, a movie about some legal case, and the prosecutor got up and said, ah, well, blah, 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 blah. And right. then the defense said, well, we can prove that even you don't think that's true. Right. You know, there would be a little bit more that happened sure. than the prosecutor going, all right. Yeah, I guess. I guess you can go free. Yeah. I know that I know that you didn't do it. Yeah. I always knew that you didn't do it. Right. But, you know, it's like there's this weird thing where um, people hate defense attorneys so much because they're supposed to defend people that they know are guilty. Right. And that's just evil that somehow that like gets translated into prosecutors are supposed to try and convict people that they know are innocent. Right. And it's right. Like, One has nothing to do with the other. And so it's like <laughs> yeah. that somehow got translated. I just think the end is so like cheesy and goofy and it could have, I think, you know, come out in a little bit better way than he's purposely misleading the whole right. thing. Right. And you know, knows beforehand that he didn't do anything wrong and is going right. to stick it to him anyway. It's just, it yeah. just was, especially at the end of this, you know, if everything would have been better, maybe I'd be more forgiving right. about right. getting to that ending, but it was just, you know, it's just, it was so like oddly hollow yeah. to watch. Yeah. So anyway, uh, there, there were good things about it. And, and like I said before, though, Tom Hanks is really good. He's great. It's just that it almost really makes is. me sad that he's really good. And Aaron Eckhart doesn't have to do much. Just stand no, there but and he's, be good. He's, but he's good, good. too. It's he's strange. good, too. The biggest name that I felt that was out of place here or bad is like a hard, a hard word. But Laura Linney, like right. that, that whole wife thing. Yeah. Cut that. Know. 
No. Or get yeah, rid of maybe you know, the, know if it's her the best not, thing about it. Like the best thing about it too for me and that almost makes the whole movie worth it is when they go through the crash. You watch the whole crash like a few times too. I That's why I the didn't I didn't love end. that yeah. is that you just keep watching the same mm-hmm. thing happen, right? But at the last the last time we watch it when he's flying and they take off and then and then you really see like the whole thing of the birds hit and then his right. reaction. It's like, you're watching it in real time. Like right. they don't cut away. It's like, this is exactly what happens when it happened. And like just his face and his response right. when they're okay, we're losing, we're losing Man. one engine. Okay. Yeah. We're losing another engine. And it's like, he just sits there for a few seconds. Yeah. And you know, he doesn't like freak out at all. Right. Right. He just sits there and is like, um, all right. What? Yeah. Let's yeah. See. And then Aaron Eckhart's like looking at him, going, "I um, love that moment. When, yeah, I love <laughs> right? that moment he's when like, he's tried all these things and he's like, we're going down.' And he's like, and he's got like a few seconds. He goes, "You got any ideas? Right? Like, I love that. And Aaron Eckhart's like, "No, no, <laughs> right. none. Get me out of this box. Right? You know? Yeah. Anyway, that part was really good. And yeah. Tom Hanks was great at it. It's just that it doesn't." matter really it's it's, it's a little bit it's not quite frustrating it's just a little disappointing because the things that are so great like again that scene you're right i don't want to see that same simulation and we have to see it three or four times right right and i get it because it only takes 45 seconds to do it and you do it to nail home the conclusion just like an annoying 45 seconds right. four times but the moment they first do um you know when they listen to the voice recorder stuff and like, there's this moment where a Hollywood film would have him just standing, looking to find, he, he excuses himself. He's like, I got to get out of here for a minute. Right. Like, I can't relive this again that quickly. That's a cool moment. Like there yeah. are cool things. And then they, they just like offset. I don't know. It's just, it's weird. It's not as good as it should have been. No, it's not it's really anywhere not. near but as good as I suspect if people go see that there's a certain type of person, it's, it's not your action junkie. It's not your sci-fi, but a certain person that likes these kind of movies, I think they're really going to like it. Yeah. I don't think the things that bugged us are going to bug yeah, if, if you're If you're going into this movie you know, thinking so, that you're really likely to like it, sure. then you, you are. You probably are going to really like it. And especially if you're a Tom yeah. Hanks fan. Yeah. All right. Um, we got to uh, wrap yeah, this up. Next awesome. week, I, I have no idea. It should be Snowden. Uh, I, I, I imagine Snowden. Yeah. yeah. And uh, next week, we will have a critic takedown. Yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll be back with more news. Yeah. And... Uh, something else open other than Snowden? I mean, I I know it's like Snowden week. Uh, the Blair Witch. Oh, God. I know. That's why I'm just hoping for Snowden. Ah, uh, let's yeah. do Blair Witch. You we love Blair Witch. It. Anyway. I'm going to already hate it. Yeah. Uh, no, it might, it might yeah be email us and uh, let us know if you want Snowden or Blair Witch, <laughs> and we will uh, take that into consideration for next week. All right. Thanks uh, for tuning in and for uh, listening to us. Please, please uh, share, uh, subscribe to us on iTunes, rate us on iTunes, and otherwise trick your friends into listening to us. Thanks.
Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with a spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway. Cabela's is coming to Northern Virginia with a spectacular new store in Gainesville. Find everything you need for hunting, fishing, camping, and shooting sports, plus much more. Join us for our grand opening celebration Thursday, March 9th at 10 a.m. Be one of the first 500 in line and receive a Cabela's gift card worth up to $500, plus a chance to win one of three Remington firearms. See store for details. Don't miss Cabela's grand opening in Gainesville, located off I-66 and Highway 29 near Virginia Gateway.